We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Welcome to Raiders of the Lost Podcast, the ultimate film and TV podcast. We are your hosts, James and Anthony. Welcome to Movie News. Let's discuss the latest developments in film and TV like Gladiator 2's casting, Jeremy Renner's life-threatening accidents, as well as Crouching Tiger's 20-year anniversary. Hello, movie friends. Welcome back to the show. Hope you are having a great weekend so far. There is a lot of news to cover this week. A lot's happened. Cool new stories, cool new movies were released in trailers. And so let's get into the box office to start things off, Jim. Let's go. Starting off with, obviously, Avatar is still reigning supreme at the box office. Pulled in $37 million domestic. This is past $1.5 billion at the global box office. It uh, surpassed Top, Top Gun Maverick, so, so it's, it's over $1.6 right now. We can expect it's already in this profitable category now of how much money it needed to make to turn a profit. And I'll now- actually tell you, it is. it was confirmed. So James Cameron in uh, 20th Century Studios said that the you Avatar Disney. in Disney, <laughs> they said that the film is now profitable. In the other sequels, four and five are for sure going to happen. So it's made a boatload of money, and congratulations to Avatar. Megan, obviously, we we called this. I'm calling this movie makes 100 million, just like Smell did. 27 million in its opening weekend. It made wow. 2.75 million on Thursday previews alone. And this is still a great performance, even though they dropped its rating down to PG-13. I believe it was originally going to be a rated R movie, yeah. but they made it PG-13. I think, obviously, they want the teen audience to go see this movie. Obviously, that's why they oh. dropped it down. I'm a little disappointed. I haven't seen it yet. I've heard mixed things. I've heard it's very funny and just a great idea. I wish they kept that rated R. I think it really could have still made yeah. 100 mil. I feel like it looked like it was going to be rated R. But I definitely but, want to see it. And this yeah. this is an example of incredible marketing will lead to a film success despite it being a small budget film. Same thing with Smile. Minimal budget. Great marketing. Just put actors at baseball games. <laughs> People were going as Megan for Halloween last year. We're like, what? The movie just came out the other day. It's crazy. So the marketing for Megan was top tier and obviously, you know, James Wan being a producer of that film. And Blum. And Blum. Blum they yeah, they produced that together. It's just a great re- working relationship they have. And obviously, we talked last week, I think, how they potentially might merge their companies together. A super horror company. S- mega horror mo- movies. So, congratulations to the filmmakers of Megan. That's awesome news. Yeah, yeah, man. It's the original concept. I love it. Then we have Puss in Boots pulling in $10 million. That's almost at $100 million at its total box office. A Man Called Otto pulled in a paltry $3.4 million. Ouch. Black Panther Wakanda Forever added $3 million to its massive global box office. And then Babylon pulled another $1.3 million for the entire weekend. It's at a paltry $13 million for its global for its total box office run. Mm-hmm. And on a budget of about $90 million, that's what we're estimating. We don't have a, a complete figure plus marketing. That movie's going to be a huge hit for Paramount. We talked about that uh, yeah, last yeah, week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In Wakanda Forever, it looks like it's finishing out at $850 million international for its total uh, box office. So very good, obviously, for 
a film to make that much money. So and it we was all, a huge yeah. success. We also just watched The Pale Blue Eye, which just got released on Netflix. It was in theaters last week. I enjoyed it. I love a good period piece, so I recommend it if you also enjoy period pieces. Yeah, cool. Yeah, we put a review on Letterboxd. It was really well acted and crafted, but the pacing was quite slow. A little, a little, yeah. a little tedious at times, yeah. but I think the acting was terrific. Henry Melling was so incredible to watch as Edgar Allan Poe. Yeah, absolutely. Next up, the big news week. The big news story of the week is Gladiator 2. There's been rumors about it in development, and I didn't know if it was legit or not, but it is officially confirmed, and after Sunstar, Paul Mescal is confirmed to be the new lead of the film. He'll be playing Lucius, who was just a young boy in the original Gladiator film. Ridley Scott is returning to direct this film and produce it. I, for one, don't feel like we needed a Gladiator sequel because Gladiator is one of my favorite movies, and it's a perfect film. However studio obviously wants to make some money it's a big brand ip name they haven't done anything spinning off of it in over 20 years so i think that makes it a special thing since there's only just one gladiator i don't like this idea but you know ridley scott is the father of the film he can do whatever he wants with it he made gladiator so if he wants to do a sequel go ahead paul mescal is a very talented guy i loved him in after sun so at least they got like a great lead actor to play Lucius. Apparently, he beat out Austin Butler, Miles Teller, Timothy Chalamet, as well as a couple of other Richard Madden as well to get that role. So clearly, Ridley sees something in it. He actually looks a lot like Joaquin does as Commodus, kind of like the same age. They kind of they kind of look related. I think that's one of the reasons yeah. why maybe maybe cast him besides being super talented. And he already kind of has the Caesar cut in a yeah, way. Yeah, so I think yeah. he has the look perfectly. Yeah. Now. I love Gladiator too. That's a, one of my favorite movies of all time as well. I and mean, you all know that. We talk about Maximus all the time in, in that movie. My first reaction when I heard the news like last year that there were rumblings of a sequel to Gladiator, I was a little disappointed. However, I'm much more, more warming up to the idea because I really want to see the swords and sandals genre come back. I really miss those kinds of movies. We don't get them very often. We were talking about with The Last Duel, which came out last year, that that was kind of like a rare movie nowadays to have movies with swords and fighting, even though it's medieval. But I love... No the, sandals. No sandals. But I love the genre. <laughs> you know, the ancient war genre, the ancient culture genre. That's something that I've always loved. I've always been drawn to. And I think if Ridley can pull off a successful sequel to Gladiator, which absolutely does not need a sequel... Maybe we can see a resurgence in audience demand for this type of movie because they're movies that we grew up on and that we love and adore. And I would love to see it be successful and I would love to see the story be good. And we're following Lucius, who is Lucilla's son, Commodus's nephew. I'm very curious to see what the story is going to be like. Is he going to be a politician in Rome? Is he going to be in the Senate? Is he trying to bring power back to the people of Rome? Is, is that he's gonna his be, goal? He's going to become a slave, so, for sure. Yeah, will yeah. he become a slave? Yeah. Who knows? I doubt Well, I don't know. because He's going to be a gladiator. Because uh, Jimon Hunzu is coming back as um, Jabba, and then we have Lucilla, the actress who played Lucilla. She's coming back as well. Connie Britton. Connie Britton, yeah. So we have returning cast members, which is also very interesting. Hmm. I'm I'm gonna be there opening night regardless. I will be seeing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I suppose you're right. The only way they would green light this two hundred million. But also this thing about Ridley Scott where people it's a trend on Twitter and social media like someone needs to stop Ridley Scott, he must be stopped with the movies he makes. The guy is still great at making movies. He doesn't make amazing movies every time. We talk about how he has some duds, but he's still an 
excellent filmmaker. The last duel was incredible. Yeah, it was. That just it came was. out a year ago. And House of Gucci was good. It was yeah, good. The guy's a great director still. I don't get the hate for Ridley Scott. Like, he's too old. Leave him alone. He's past his prime. Someone needs to stop this man. Let the guy do whatever the hell he wants. He just made, he just made probably his best movie this century, so... With the last duel, so he's still hey, got whoa, it. Whoa, whoa, Gladiators 2000. Is that, yeah, I guess, okay, second best movie watch of the century. It, second, second. Watch it, All right, next up, Jerry, Jeremy Renner, I think we all know, was in a horrific accident. And he is in the ICU, in the intensive care unit. He is in critical but stable condition. Now, what happened was he owns, like, a big, a, bu- a bunch of big plows, like, big snow cats. Like, there's snow cats, but then he has, like, a huge one. It's a 14,000-pound snow cat. He's got, like, a huge ranch, right? Yeah, he has a huge ranch, and he, hel- he was helping neighbors plow out their driveways and stuff because their neighborhood lost power. And now, after successfully towing his vehicle out of that driveway, Renner got out of the snow cat, and the massive snow groomer started to roll on its own in an effort to stop the rolling Mr. Renner attempted to get back into the driver's seat, and unfortunately, somehow, the plow ran him over, and it was just a big accident. Uh, They don't suspect any foul play, the investigators say, so he was run over by the piston bully snowplow, and then his neighbors ran out to help him. He has been treated, and apparently his chest was caved in, and he had a lot of internal bleeding as well as uh, contusion on his head. And he is obviously in stable condition. He's been posting some stuff on Instagram, but still, they he's still in worrying condition. So he's still being treated, but he seems to be in good spirits, and thankfully, he's being taken care of. That is insane. Yeah. His chest was crushed, and that also, and also, his horrible. leg, his leg was torn up, and he was losing a ton of blood. And his neighbor had to make a quick tourniquet around his thigh to stop him from bleeding out. I didn't hear the details. I just knew it was a snowplow yeah. accident, and I assumed it was really bad because even though they made that post on Instagram where he's like wearing his glasses and he's got like kind of a smile, that there's just the idea and just hearing that it was a snowplow accident. Yeah, sounds like it's almost like he, he almost died. And, and it's yeah, it's one of those snowplows that has like that tank chain wheels. Yeah, they're, those, they're those huge. huge ones to like th- that. That's what ran him over. That is terrible, yeah. man. It's nuts when you hear about these accidents. Obviously, these accidents happen to people every day or all around the world. But obviously, it's a huge celebrity, so it gets national attention. Someone attention that everyone has a connection international to. International connect- attention, yeah. but this yeah. happens every day to people, and it's just. You know, he's just trying to help out his, his neighbors and be a, be a good friend and try to get people out of their isolated situations if they're stuck in the snow. And that happens. It's just horrible. Man, Jeremy Renner is such a cool guy. I hope, he's, I hope he pulls through and I hope he's okay. Yeah. But man, holy crap. That's wild. I didn't hear the details until yeah, now. Yeah, it's pretty, pretty horrific. All right, moving on to some more movie news. We got our a new poster for Bo is Afraid, which is the Ari Aster Joaquin Phoenix horror film coming out this year in 2023. We're very excited about it. It's an interesting poster. It shows Joaquin at four different ages as the character. There's a young version of him, maybe like 11 or 12, then a little older, middle-aged, then an elderly version of Joaquin Phoenix as the character, as I'm assuming he was Bo. Yeah, it seems like he's going to be living waking nightmares as different versions of himself experiencing the story. So we'll I'm, see. It looks very very intriguing. If that's Yeah, who knows if the plot has anything to do with the poster, but it's, it's an interesting poster. And, I mean, it, it beats the typical floating heads that we yeah, get from studios. Yeah. But, <laughs> but Ariasa's movies always have interesting posters anyways. I yeah. think the hereditary poster is terrific as well. Mm-hmm. Next up, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, Ang Lee's incredible film is now 20 years old. 
and it is getting a re-release in theaters on February 17th. I think I'm definitely going to go see this because it's... You bet a, your butts were going to go see that. I remember seeing it as a kid, being blown away by it, and I've revisited it a couple of times over the past decade. It's really an incredible film. Ang Lee is one of the best directors, honestly, of all time, and this is up there for one of his best works. Yeah, it's a masterpiece, and obviously Michelle Yeoh is getting so much attention for everything, everywhere, all at once, but for all you youngins who've never seen Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, go see that in theaters. Michelle Yeoh is terrific in that yeah, movie. Yeah, she's amazing. That was a big exposure for her to American audiences from China. And uh, she was in a Bond movie in the '90s. Yeah, yeah, with that uh, Pierce. That's right. Which one was that? It was um, Die Another Day, I think. I-, I believe. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Moving on to some James Bond news. Speaking of James... <laughs> Aaron Taylor Johnson, who we've talked about as the frontrunner and everyone's just losing their mind about, apparently met with 007 producers about the role. So I think we're... You know, he's clearly the front runner and the favorite, and it's. I'm sure we they might ink a deal pretty soon. Uh, clearly, you didn't listen to last week's movie news where I talked about that. I didn't so listen at all. I did it by myself, and you clearly didn't hear. So we we already discussed this. Did you? <laughs> yeah. Well, it's still being brought up in the news. <laughs> it's still news. But uh, someone did a fan art of him in the tux and everything, and he looked good as James Bond. Nice. Look, can you, can you send solid. me some more of that fan art? <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of Avatar, Avatar 3 is going to include a Navi Fire Nation called the Ash People, and they're going to be more villainous than the other two tribes that we've seen so far. Whoa, that sounds so cool. It is getting a little similar to Avatar Last Airbender, uh, the fire tribe. True, <laughs> but but also just the just in terms of the CGI, yeah, yeah, yeah they spent so yeah. much time developing the water tech. Yeah. Now they have to do it with fire? Yeah. That's really interesting. It's probably yeah. going to look incredible. And I, I believe, I mean, his intention was probably to explore every main element of uh, the Earth. landscape of, of Earth of Pandora of the universe, but also there is in Avatar: Less Airbender. There, those the elements are each tribe of people, so it is maybe getting a little too similar to it. We'll see. Hopefully, it's more. It's different. You from, know, Cameron's a huge fan, probably. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Well, the thing is, he bought the rights to the name Avatar in like 2000, and then when the makers of Avatar: Less Airbender were making their show. They want. They went to try and secure the rights to the name Avatar, and they were already taken by him. And this is well before he. Ever- yeah, because he was thinking about Avatar, the the movies yeah. in the 1990s. So then they had to change their original title was gonna just be Avatar. So then they had to change it to Avatar: The Last Airbender, uh, referring to Aang being the last Airbender. But it was supposed to be just a clean Avatar. I'm fascinated to see how they do the fire. The yes. water was so impressive, but yeah. now fire it seems also equally complicated. Sounds intriguing. Moving on to. Gran Turismo. Now, this was a video game that we played growing up in the 90s on PlayStation and PlayStation 2. Classic. It's fun because it's just a race game. There's no storyline like Need for Speed did. It was just like, don't crash. Need for Speed had a storyline? Oh, yeah. yeah. Remember? Yeah, you yeah, got yeah. to soup up your car, you oh, did missions yeah. and stuff. It was like GTA mixed with mm-hmm. Gran Turismo. Without the extreme killing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> 
But Gran Turismo, the movie's being made right now, and there's a sneak peek at CES in Las Vegas this past week, which is the Consumer Electronics Show. The script has been written by American snipers Jason Hall and King Richard's Zach Balin. It's described as the ultimate wish fulfillment tale of a teenage Turismo player whose gaming skills won him a series of Nissan competitions to become an actual professional professional race car driver. It's based on a true story. The cast is re- really solid. Orlando Bloom and David Harbour are in this movie. I'm curious to see like an actual trailer. Some of the footage they released looks pretty cool. I, I love like the POV shots inside the car because that's classic Gran Turismo. But if you're a fan of the game like we were when we were young, definitely check it out and stay tuned for that movie. Oh, for sure. And next up, some Deadpool 3 news. Hugh Jackman said that he will train for six months straight with no other work until filming begins. His full-time job, he said, will be getting absolutely jacked. I wrote that. Oh, you wrote that? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, it, it's, it makes sense because at his age, to be able to put on muscle, it needs to, it requires a lot of work. He can't just do it. A lot of recovery, and, too. Yeah, he, he can't just do it in a few months. So it is. he knows he's extremely, obviously, very knowledgeable about working out. And, he knows a thing or two. Yeah, so it actually, I mean... He's been doing a lot of theater the last two years. So well, he, yeah, he, he does like eight shows a week on yeah, Broadway. So, so he's already in good shape, but he's he's pretty, not in muscle shape. He's, he's, yeah, he's still got muscles, but he's very he's very uh, athletically. Oh taller, yeah, you know, he's, yeah, yeah. he's in good shape. It's a good base. He's he, he's always seemed like just a naturally athletic uh, person. So and I think putting on muscle mass did come natural to him, but also he's tall and lanky, so it requires quite a lot of work for him to to bulk up. He's so tall. It's hard. I mean, it's, when someone's shorter and they bulk up, it, it's they look bigger. They do like four curls. In their yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he's like six two, so he has to put a lot of work in. And also at that age, he needs a lot of time to do it. So that makes a lot of sense. A lot of chicken too. And also, you get a you get a, chicken and broccoli. He needs to look intimidating <laughs> next to Ryan Ryan Reynolds, who still it looks is in amazing shape. So it's gonna be a lot of work. The, yeah, but he knows. I, I respect his philosophy that like I've he's been doing this for so long. He knows how to get huge and in shape. Yeah. he's like this is all I'm gonna do for six months. You gotta put in the work. I'm gonna I'm gonna take my time with it. I know it takes a lot of work. But I mean, there's nothing wrong with getting paid twenty million dollars to work out for six months. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's why that's why I wrote his full time job is gonna be getting absolutely jacked for six months. It's amazing. <laughs> and he said something like, "Watch out, chickens! You better run. I'm coming for you." <laughs> he's eating all the chickens. <laughs> The chicken and broccoli, yeah. <laughs> Moving on to Johnny Depp. <laughs> chicken and broccoli. We got a couple new images of him and Jean Dubarry. I think that's the new title for the, the French film. Probably uh, to uh, stray away from The Favorite. Yeah. La Favorite, because it was yeah. called La Favorite. Yeah, Yorgos Lanthimos' film. So the, the title is now called Jean Dubarry, and he plays King Louis XV. We got a couple new images of him as the lead character. Very cool. Cannot wait. His also, first movie since all the stuff's been going on. Yeah, all that stuff. Yeah. All that stuff. <laughs> new trailer alert. Evil Dead Rise has, Rise. has released its first <laughs> first official trailer, and it looks gory, exciting. Uh, it looks like it's in the city, which is a new take for the Evil Dead franchise. It's always generally in an isolated place, except for like uh, Army of Darkness, where you have like the medieval setting when there's a ton of people, but it's never been in a contemporary city before, so I think it looks like a really cool setting. It's like in a, an apartment building, it seems like. I'm just fascinated. The gore looks great. The scares look great. I like how it's children dealing with it, which is insane. So I'm looking forward to seeing this film. Yeah, the filmmaking looks great. And I don't think we had an, an origin story this week. That's two weeks in a row with no origin stories. But this is I a, couldn't find one. This is a rise story. Rise. Rise. At least we got one. Yeah, it's pretty. It's a pretty slow couple of weeks. We we went we <laughs> back twenty seven weeks in a row with an origin story. Well, I, I initially thought Gladiator Two might be an origin story, but it's not. 
No, no, it's a that's s- not legacy reboot, <laughs> legacy sequel reboot. <laughs> Hopefully they they'll go Top Gun with it. Sorry somewhere. guys, sorry guys. Uh, but if we missed any origin stories, let us know. But we still have some more to talk about. Next up, we have some Face Off Two news. Apparently, Nick Cage revealed in an interview recently with Collider that his initial discussions for the film Face Off Two included a plot that would feature Caster Troy and Sean Archer having children who grow up destined to face off. No one wants to see that. They want to see <laughs> the two heavyweights do I know, it. Yeah. So this just says his initial, some initial discussions. So that doesn't say that this is what the plot of this one is. Yeah, I think be. it's just a little news that he, he was in an interview recently. Yeah, he's he's promoting some stuff. Anyways. Yeah, it doesn't work without Travolta and Cage. That's what people. But want I mean, to see. how do you do that? Just have them do it again, man. Well, it. they're doing it, so I mean, that's how you do it. It's got to be them two facing off at the end. Speaking of Nick Cage, a new the official trailer for Renfield came out, starring Nicholas Holt and the Cage Man himself. As Dracula, this is a modern contemporary retelling of the classic Dracula tale with Renfield taking the lead this time around. It looks like a movie. Interesting. I wasn't sure that how I felt about it because the tone was weird. It didn't seem that funny and it looked like it was too action-y for my, like Renfield just fighting people a well, lot. This, that this wasn't what, what I was expecting. Is, so Renfield's Dracula's assistant yeah. and... I think this is what we've been alluding to over the last couple of years with superheroes is that like every movie almost has superhero elements to it or superhero quality. Mm-hmm. And Renfield gets has like superpowers in parts of this trailer and he's just like fighting bad guys. And it's like even a Dracula story has to have superpower beings <laughs> in it. Obviously, Dracula is a superpowered non-human being, but then giving Renfield superpowers and it's not like vamp. I don't know. It's just... I, I, I found it weird. I found it weird. We're used to seeing vampires with otherworldly strength and everything like that but it just seems like a superhero it feels like a superhero movie versus something like underworld which doesn't feel like a superhero movie but this does it felt i mean i was surprised by all the action i was shocked i was surprised by that i do like the design of dracula though i thought it's super creepy i like his teeth and everything i would rather they just do an entire movie with him as dracula but this is just kind of hollywood now is we gotta have a superhero element to a lot of these movies that Mm -hmm. the studios are putting putting up because I think they, they think that's what audiences want to see. I think a lot of audiences want to see superheroes in, in pretty much everything Yeah, I now. suppose so. I suppose so. So I'll definitely check it out. We love, we love Nick Cage. And Nicholas Holt's a tremendous actor. He looks really talented in, in this movie. We know he's talented. He, he looks, certainly looks talented. He looks really good in this movie yeah. as well as the acting. <laughs> but um, it must, I mean, um, maybe it's a good script for him to sign on. So yeah, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. I, so just, first, I just found it to be a weird My first tone. reaction was just like, it kind of looks like a Marvel movie. kind of... It kind of looks from the director of the Tomorrow War. Yeah, which I loved. Yeah, so I'm willing to. Although the Tomorrow War scripts, was that movie iffy. is sick though. But once it gets going, it's sick. But once to get there, it was like, yeah. Oh, okay. Once you get rewarded with the Tomorrow yeah, War. Yeah. <laughs> Moving on to the Boston Strangler. Now, this was a real serial killer that operated in the eight, 1960s in the Boston area of Massachusetts. And a movie is currently about to be released starring Keir Knightley and Carrie Coon as journalists who helped uncover the connections between these women who were murdered because there was at least 11 women were murdered by the Boston Strangler. Yeah, I believe at night in parks was the way he often did it. Something like that. Yeah. Between the time, between the years of 1962 and 1964. And this will be on Hulu in the US and then Disney Plus in the UK on March 17th. So Hulu is where Disney releases their rated R movies in America. But then Disney, oh. I think UK in, in Australia, they have Disney Plus 17. 
So they've released it there in other countries. Wow, it's interesting that the other countries have the Disney Plus 17 in America. It's it still doesn't. <laughs> they all have different rating systems in every It's how the brand is viewed, I would say, in other True. countries. I guess. They don't want to get rid of their family-friendly brand in America, I would say. Because they have all the goddamn theme parks here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but... Yeah, the Boston Strangler was something we grew up like knowing about. Yeah, and is no connection to the Scranton Strangler, by the way. I bet it was influenced by. <laughs> oh yeah, Boston obviously. Strangler. Yeah. <laughs> Next up, who I th- I still think was Toby. <laughs> a lot of signs. The point theory. To to- the theory. A lot of signs yeah. point to Toby being yeah. the, the Scranton Strangler. I've seen like a video of the theory of it. It's pretty incredible. Next up, there is a remake of the classic horror film Then from director them. Mike. Them. What did I say? Then. I said them. It sounded like then. I said them. From director, before I was interrupted, from director <laughs> Michael Giacchino, who just helmed Werewolf by Night for Disney+. Plus. And so Gordon Douglas directed the original, and it's about a huge nest of radiated ants who discovered who are discovered in the New Mexico desert. They become a national threat when two young queen ants and their consorts escape to set up new nests. The national search then ensues, the national search that ensues culminates in a battle in spillways and storm drains in Los Angeles. Jaquino's version will be focused on immigration, however. So, I love classic horror films. We'll see how Jaquino does. I heard he did a good job with Werewolf by Night. Maybe he'll even do the score, too. Did he do the score for Werewolf by Night, too? I don't know. I don't think he did. I'm not sure. He might have been too busy directing it. Next up, we have Edward Norton news. He's learned he's a direct descendant of Pocahontas. Really? Yeah, so there's this new show that takes celebrities to look through their... It's called Finding Your Roots, and they use like legitimate evidence to trace back the roots of people as far as they can. And so Edward Norton has said... He has always said that it's a rumor in his family that he is uh, the grand, great, 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 whatever, grandson of Pocahontas. And, and it was always just a family rumor. And then he went on the show... And they confirmed it through a legitimate paper trail that she is his 13th grandmother. That's pretty wild. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. It's, always, it's wild when you hear about that, especially who was the one, Tom Hanks being related to Abraham Lincoln, right? I believe so. Was it, it Abraham Lincoln, I think? Something sure. like that. Yeah. That's pretty interesting, too. Yeah. Our last bit of news is the Little the Little Mermaid remake has been rated R. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Sebastian's going around with a shotgun. No. <laughs> Little Mermaid, blooded honey. It's obviously been rated PG. The live action remake uh, yeah. of Little Mermaid has gotten its official rating. Yeah, it, it seems to be the rating they wanted, and it shows you that it's not going to be much violence or action, and it's just going to be more kid-friendly, which is I'm not surprised by. That's what I was expecting. I wonder if Ursula's going to be in this movie, right? You know who Ursula is? Who? It's uh, Melissa McCarthy. Oh no way! Yeah. That's right. That's great. Yeah, Ursula. Ha- yeah, she has to be in. The yeah, movie. she's uh, she's the villain. Yeah. yeah, she has to be. But uh, Melissa McCarthy, I think, was a great choice. She seems to have uh, their charisma, and I can't wait to see her stretch her villain chops. I think she'll be fun. She's like such an eccentric actress, and yeah. I love the role she chooses. So I, I would uh-huh. love to see her as Ursula. That seems yeah. like a kind of a no brainer if you think about it. Yeah, she's super talented. So and the the images look good. I'm looking forward to seeing a first official trailer, like a full length trailer. I'm sure we're gonna see sometime soon. I mean, it comes out later this year, so it comes out in December, I believe. So we're gonna be seeing uh, the first trailer sometime soon. What did she get her Oscar nom for? Is that for Bridesmaids? Yep. 
<laughs> she's so yeah. funny in that movie. She's, she's a scene stealer. <laughs> yeah. It's one of the best comedic performances of all time. All right. That wraps our movie news number 81. If there was an origin story that we missed, please well, let us know. Well, is this Little Mermaid origins? No, it's a remake. It's <laughs> okay, not the same right, thing, you know? Right. Yeah, it's we live got our, We got our rise through with Evil Dead Rise. I'm just like, I don't, I feel dried up Me too, without an we- origins. Another one, two weeks in a row, Man. no origins. Where, where are they all? Come on, Hollywood. Come on. You've, you're letting us down. <laughs> now I want the origin story. But stories. we do have Lucius Rise. Actually, I don't want the origin stories for anything other than news. Yeah, just to laugh about it. But we got Lucius Rise. <laughs> Lucius's Rise. <laughs> Evil Dead Rise. <laughs> All right, take care, everybody. Make sure to stay tuned for episodes this week. Tomorrow on Monday, we have an episode on a Johnny Depp career spotlight going over his entire filmography and life which was an incredible episode to film it's like two hours so you're gonna enjoy that and then after that we have something cool what did we film (laughs) we filmed it last night i can't remember what was it it was uh raiders of the lost oscars raiders of the lost oscars our second annual award show where we choose the winners getting ready for the oscars y'all like february is a blast all right take care everybody make sure you get those live tickets to our show at moments.co slash Raiders of the Lost. Those are the tickets to watch the digital live broadcast or dynastytypewriter.com. You can find the live in-person tickets in Los Angeles there or scroll to the links in all of our bios that takes you to the different types of tickets to purchase. Take care, everybody. That's on January 21st. See you next time. Raiders of the Lost podcast is a mirror image production. Sound mixing done by Jacob Kosler. Opening music by Chase Jackson.